0: Welcome back to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We're here to talk about Illinois' game on Saturday against Virginia. 42-14 was the final. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the game yet. But Illinois gets a loss on their first road game under Brett Bielema. I'm Andy Olson. I'm joined by Marley Weirda. It's just the 2-in-1 pod today. No Brett with us today. Marley is out there, was out there in Charlottesville today to see the game in person. So let's go to her first. Marley, just what are your your thoughts on the game? Clearly, it uh, didn't go the way that Illinois would have uh, wanted it to coming in.
1: Well, Andy, first of all, I wanted to start and say we're practicing road safety. I'm on my way back from Charlottesville in the car using our Bluetooth hands-free device. So hands-free. Don't come for us. Don't come for us.
0: But,
1: <laughs> yeah, Andy, it's – I'm not – surprised with the result in the fact that okay Virginia won this game I'm surprised and disappointed that they won in the way that they did because there was so much hype and anticipation coming into this season and a new coaching staff and Brett Bielema having previous success in the Big Ten that these kind of games were going to be eliminated at least that was you know the impression that i think i got i don't know if you could say the same but i think that that's kind of what we expected with a with the new coaching staff and for this to be lost if the era and previous eras i think shows maybe just how far this program needs to go. And is not just kind of come in here and wave a magic wand and make everything better. I think it really exploited some of the weaknesses for Illinois. And, uh, man, Andy, just after like those first two touchdown drives for Virginia, they each, I believe, took less than two minutes back-to-back drives i mean i from that point i think you kind of knew that virginia was going to run away with it from there the missed field goals i think kept it close there was a chance there for illinois to scoot in and tie it up but virginia just kind of kept extending their lead i keep thinking about andy is this is the first time in a while that illinois has played on the road and had a big crowd rooting against them because they played at home the first two games of the season you know they played at home during the spring game and last year's road games they didn't really get that test of like okay the crowd is against you i don't want to say that's the reason they lost the game but certainly um a factor that maybe should be considered since they haven't done it in a while but yet again this is an experienced team they should know how to do that but those are my quick hitters my summary
0: of the game. <laughs> yeah, let's start breaking this down a little bit then. I mean, we can start with of course Brennan Armstrong. I I think on the Virginia side was the guy who really stood out to me and I'm sure he did to you as well, Marley. 27 of 36, 405 yards through the year, five touchdowns, one interception which probably should have been almost a touchdown but it was ripped away at the last second by Kirby Joseph, who I'm sure We'll talk about uh, here soon enough. A lot of guys on the rushing sheet for the Hoos, by the way. A lot of guys uh, getting multiple touches. And then we turn to the Illinois side. I believe we talked about last week how if Art Sitkowski is getting, I believe last week it was around 48 passes in that game. This time, it's 45 pass attempts. He completed 24 of them for 221 yards, one touchdown, and his first interception in the orange and blue. Illinois is not going to win many games when Art's passing that uh, amount at times, just simply because it's not the way that Brett Bielema likes to play his game. On the ground, Chase Brown, it was nice to see him back out there after missing... Mostly the two first games. He had a few touches in the opener, but none in the second game. Jakari Norwood, Josh McCray, both getting some touches in the backfield as well. 12 different receivers for the Illini uh, make up the 24 passes completed for Art Sitkowski. So Marley, let's start first with the Illinois defense. You mentioned already that. I don't know what's worse is having two touchdown drives by the opposing team going under five minutes or two touchdown drives that are like eight or nine minutes each. Either way, you're feeling deflated because you weren't able to stop them. But Illinois defense just did not seem to have the bite that follows the bark that we heard so much about to begin the year
1: no and i think it exploited them so much that okay you know maybe they have this fluke against utsa you know we'll we'll see what they can do against a big test like virginia and they absolutely bombed it i mean man those first two touchdown drives like they they could not make a tackle there were so many missed tackles and i don't want to say easy because i can't do any better myself but like tackles that they should have made and i think a lot of it too andy came down to like physicality and just like the size for me just noticing just looking at these players they they seemed a lot bigger than um you know illinois just just on paper height weight uh, in that sense and i think you know they would have like three defenders on one guy and it would take him like a couple steps before he even got taken down so things like that that virginia really just like muscled through illinois um in instances like that where they were able to make the tackle but they kind of broke them off a little bit um i think tony adams i'm i think you know, not that he's been disappointing so far, but I, I think he's maybe one of the biggest potential playmakers on that Illinois secondary. And there was a couple times today, I think it was even on back-to-back plays, where he was so close to picking it off. He was so close to an inter- interception, and he just couldn't do it. Um, you know, they did make a couple big defensive plays later on, you know, the forced fumble from Jake Hansen you know Jake Hansen doing Jake Hansen things and then that interception from Kirby Joseph but it just just came too late and when you're playing catch up the whole game you know you you have to win the turnover battle earlier you know you can't count on winning that in the last three minutes like the defense can't step up in the last moments of the game, it needs to be a a consistent effort. And I saw that throughout because Illinois would have spurts of, you know, doing something really good. Okay. It just didn't seem, it seemed like they kind of like fell over, crawled up in their little corner. Um, And Bielema spoke in the post-game press conference a little bit about, um, he said something particularly like he, it was unacceptable the way that we, responded and i don't know if that's you know it, it has to do sure surely with some of the penalties that they had eight penalties cost them i think it was 91 yards um especially for a team that played so clean against nebraska i don't think you know we should have expected this from illinois but back to what i was just saying he said something about my trying what did I, Andy, help me out?
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're breaking up a long for day. a second. I, I, I'm sure it's been a long day. Uh, you're right. He, <laughs> he did mention about how it was unacceptable and how the team needs to respond oh, I better.
1: Now. I remember now. Yeah. So I don't know if that was in reference to maybe like some, like, I don't want to say attitude problems on the team, but maybe like people weren't as composed as they should have been maybe seniors getting out of i don't know i don't know what that was referring to but i think maybe it, when you look at it big picture it could have you know played a role into why there was maybe this like cultural shift that we kind of saw happen you know it wasn't the illinois team that was hyped up to be you know this winning mentality be tough, smart, and dependable football players, maybe there was that kind of change in in their mentality for whatever reason, when they face some of that frustration, when they face some of that adversity that maybe they hadn't seen yet this season, um, I think maybe alludes to something there with, you know, a difference in, in the culture, whatever it may be.
0: No, yeah, you're right. They definitely lost their composure late in the game. I mean, eight penalties total for Illinois on the day. A lot of them were some unsportsmanlike calls a little bit later. Like you said at the very beginning, I mean, uh, the secondary, You think you talked specifically about Tony. The secondary total, I feel like, had a pretty poor day overall. It always felt like someone was wide open for Virginia, and that can— explains why Armstrong had over 400 yards passing. I mean, that's just, that's so many yards. I mean, any day when you're going to let the opposing quarterback have that much through the air, pretty much have whatever you want through the air, you're not going to win a lot of those games. And Illinois found that out themselves. Uh, let's turn to the Illinois offense versus the Virginia defense battle of the game. I already alluded to it. Art Sidkowski with as many passing attempts as he had clearly Illinois was chasing the game. I think you also alluded to it when you said that Illinois was playing from behind all game, and they were. They weren't able to rush as much as they wanted to. I mean, when Chase Brown only has seven attempts, and I know that he's just coming off an injury, maybe that plays into it just a little bit. But seven attempts for 41 yards, that's not not a bad average, 5.9 yards of rush. But it feels like you want to give Chase Brown the ball more often than that. And I think that just kind of— They were just kind of put into a corner, Marley, and they weren't able to uh, execute the game plan that they had wanted to coming in just based on the fact that they got down so quickly.
1: Yeah, I think they were kind of beaten down a little bit in that first half, especially when they had a couple of three and outs. They were forced to punt, but I agree with you, Andy. Like, the running backs, they they need to utilize Chase Brown a little bit more. If he's healthy, I mean, he's had – He's been pushing close to, like, 200 yards a game as far as I can remember. I think he had a game that was, like, 150 maybe. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. But, I mean, Chase Brown is a talented running back. They need to to utilize the, the weapons that they have. I don't know if you can look on the stat sheet for me, Andy, but how many carries total did just the whole group have?
0: If you include the sacks that uh, Art took, 27 total. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And man. poor Art, man. What it, I, I know Doug Kramer um, went out with an injury. I don't know if he came back in. Brett Bielema didn't say anything about that. And I didn't notice him come back into the game. I saw Blake Chirisati step into that center spot, which he has experience playing. He played that position before transferring to Illinois. But, um, man, they cannot let Art get sacked back-to-back times like he did At the end of the first half, I mean, that, and you're looking at an all completely veteran for the most part offensive line. I mean, they they were not protecting Art at all, and I can understand why. You know, maybe he had that that pressure to to throw the ball away there, but at the same time, I don't want to put it all on Art either, Andy, because some of those receivers just needed to make a catch. I I think it was. Two straight drops from Casey Washington. I mean, guys, like, Art's doing his best, I guess. You know, you have to make a catch at at some point. And I think, you know, people want to put the the blame on on the quarterback because, you know, I guess he gets the stat. But um, at the end of the day, your receivers need to be able to catch the ball. And um, who knows if that was just maybe a... A lack of preparation on their part, maybe you know, or just the pressure of the Virginia defense. Who knows? But the wide receivers got to make some plays here. Yeah. But yeah. on a positive note, Deuce Span made the play that he knows how to how to make.
0: Only um, makes big athletic plays. guy.
1: <laughs> just you can count on it. One time every game, you know, there's gonna be a a Deuce Span. He's gonna just air it out. Go forty yards for the touchdown, or the put him on the one yard line. You can count on Deuce Band, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had he had a great catch today. We're talking about the receivers, not. I mean Isaiah Williams leads the way and catches once again. He had five receptions for forty one yards. So no big plays really in there. Chase Brown, the running back, follows him. He had four receptions. I Already mentioned. 12 different guys had receptions today. I don't know if that's yeah. a, a sign of you're getting a lot of guys involved or you're just having to rotate guys in because it's the end of the game and you're down by uh, four scores at, at that point. Dale De, De levon I want to get this in there. Day-Levon Campbell led the way in yards. He had two receptions for 43. His long was 31 so a lot of people getting worked in there. You mentioned it, Marley, though. I mean, Casey Washington had a few drops. We have not yet seen, though, and we know that they traveled with them this week, Jafar Armstrong and Brian Hightower. They didn't get into the game at all. They haven't got into any of the yeah. first few games of this season. Do you think, Marley, that the introduction of those kinds of guys, because those are those fit, those fit guys fit into the mold of the uh, Josh Ematt Bebe. I'm not saying they're as good as him. I'm just saying – they they fit the same role of the guy that can get down the field and and get open for you. Do you think that missing those guys has hurt this receiver room because you don't have that type of guy? I mean, I guess you have Deuce Spann who can go down the field, but he's only good for one of those a game. But do you think the introduction of them in the future would be able to help this room?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, Brian Hightower, he didn't see a ton of action. um last year yeah um but yeah and Jafar Armstrong is also you know a a Brett Bielema guy you know he was brought into the program by Bielema so you you would like to hope that he's a guy that can move the chains for for Illinois and I think um back to Calvin Hart Jr. I mean, he was a Bradley Bilamo recruit and he was the best player on the team against Nebraska. Um, so I, I have big expectations for Jafar. I, I'm excited to see maybe just something new and um, hopefully get that receiver group going a little bit. I, it was a slower day, I guess, for Isaiah Williams. I mean, I think he's been Really talented so far, but maybe just lacks a little bit of of that experience. But I, you know, I have no doubts for him. I think, um, you know, he'll he'll be in the long run for for Illinois. But um, yeah, that was and just not having. I think, like I've mentioned before, Andy. I think this game has um, just shown some of maybe the depth issues that Illinois is facing um, when you have a couple starters go down i forgot to mention sydney brown i didn't see him get hurt but he came out of the second half with a slit his arm in a sling um so sydney brown down you don't have mike epstein you don't have brandon peters you know this team is is dealing with a lot of injuries right now and you know that's that's part of the game but you know you got to be able to cow on some of those second and third string guys and maybe we're just seeing that Illinois isn't quite there just yet.
0: Yeah, and you know we had thought that the tight ends are going to be more involved in this offense coming into this season, but Daniel Barker and Luke Ford combined for only 4 catches on the day, Barker with 3, Ford with 1. One guy I do want to mention that we've we've only talked about in passing so far, which Josh McCray, the true freshman coming in, he got 7 attempts 33 yards today. It's the second week in a row where he's kind of seen a little bit of action. And that just uh, is because of Illinois having some depth issues in the backfield. Mike Epstein down right now. I know Chase Hayden got in there. I believe Hayden had a fumble as well. So maybe not the best day for him. But Marley, yeah. what did you see from the sideline from Josh McCray? He really seems like that that bowling ball type, almost like a Chase Brown, who you can just send right up the middle and someone you can count on to get some yards for the offense.
1: Oh, sorry. You broke up a little bit
0: there. That's okay. This technology, man. We're in ru- <laughs> in rural Virginia, ver, uh, Verizon, or whoever isn't isn't as steady out there. But I just wanted to know what you saw from Josh McRae. I mean, I know he's going to be inconsistent to begin his career, but it's so- showing some really good, you know, signs of potential moving forward for the Alana and someone they can rely on.
1: Sure. And, I mean, the kid is only a freshman. So, for them to put him in there, I think – Says a lot about the faith that they have in him. I mean, he's out there for a reason. Um, I think he had a couple first downs today. Don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, I think, you know, he's in there for a reason. And I think maybe big things will be coming for him soon. If, you know, I mean, Chase Brown has dealt with injuries, if he's not able to stay healthy, we don't know about Mike Epstein. So if he doesn't return, no, that's already pretty deep. I mean, we saw Jakari Norwood, um, Reggie Love had a couple carries. I think they're in a good place with this running back room. Um, I just don't think I expected Josh McCray to maybe play as early as he did, but um, he must be doing something in practice that the coaches love to put him in there for for a significant amount of time
0: yeah so it'll it'll be interesting to see how he develops in his alumni career all right, Marley, it's now a short week before Illinois has Maryland at home. They're right back into the big Ten grind. What are your final thoughts as uh Illinois transitions from this loss uh into big Ten preparation?
1: yeah I think really you know need a win here to try and get off uh, of this track i mean i know it's only two losses in a row but you know two can turn into three it could turn into four pretty easily and i think they could use maybe the mental reset of a win um a friday night game you know it's probably going to be a good atmosphere um at memorial stadium but i think they really need to start this first kind of stint of Big Ten play off right because they have Charlotte kind of thrown it sprinkled in there. um, You know, half kind of halfway through the season, so to speak, but um, I don't want to say it's a, a must win for Illinois, but it would be an important win for them to get another Big Ten win. Take down Maryland, and when you look at it, Illinois hasn't lost any Big Ten games so far this season. So, um, get another one under your belt. Go two and zero in the conference. Um, I think it could do wonders for Illinois. Maybe they'll get things sorted out in practice, and you know, we'll see how they do. <laughs>
0: All right, that is Marley Weirda traveling in rural Virginia as we speak back from Charlottesville. Marley, safe travels back. We'll have even more this upcoming week as Illinois preps to face Maryland again. This one, a loss against Virginia, 42-14. We'll see what Illinois and Brett Bielema have from here. Clearly, their backs against the wall at this point, not exactly the start that anyone wanted. We'll leave it there, and uh, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks as Illinois gets prepped for getting into some Big Ten play now. So for Marla Weirda, I'm Andy Olson. We'll talk with you next time on the 3-1 Pod.